What the hell's the name of this thing? The Ballsy Podcast. Hosted by the award-winning Evan Grant. This has been the most tense podcast I have ever done. Kevin Sherrington. You're working on typewriters this time. Barry Horn. I don't even know who you are anymore. Where were you last week? Get ready for the most listened to sports podcast in Dallas-Fort Worth. I'm Evan Grant, and this is Ballsy. I'm Kevin Sherrington, and in this episode, we'll be talking about colleges. And I'm Barry Horn. To hear our other exciting additions, simply subscribe to the Ballsy Podcast on iTunes. You know, we're on Facebook and Twitter, too. Just search Ballsy Podcast. That's Ballsy with a Z. So sit back, relax, that's relax with an X, and enjoy another edition of the college Ballsy with a Z podcast. Uh, we have Tim Brando with us today for this college uh, football podcast. And I just want to ask Tim one important question before we start. What do you think of radio voice Evan in, in that intro? <laughs> it reminds me of uh, you know that old, that old comedic bit that Jonathan Winters did years ago. I got it on an album that my father had. He loved Jonathan Winters, and he did a takeoff on... You know, the, the guy that sounds like the stereotypical play-by-play guy, you know, hi, everybody, this is Rick Randell. <laughs> there he is. That's what I was going for. <laughs> Evan wants to be the voice of the Georgia Bulldogs, I think. Yeah. That voice that voice is taken and gone, and may he rest in peace. And I know that right now he's looking down upon the Bulldog Nation and asking them to hunker down one more time. Hunker down. There's sugar in the sky. There's sugar falling from the sky, Evan. It's falling from the sky. <laughs> Is that what he would say? That was Munson in 19, I think, 82 after they beat Auburn in uh, in yeah. Auburn. Yeah. Wow. Still not as good as the Lindsey Scott touchdown catch against Florida, the all-time greatest when he, and, he said, uh, they're going to have to rebuild this place now. I just came through my chair, yeah. a metal <laughs> steel chair with about a four-inch cushion on it. Oh, yeah. It was Man, there is going to be my, some my, property my, destroyed tonight. Yeah, my, uh, my, my favorite, my favorite might have been when, when he ran over, when Herschel, as a freshman, ran over Billy Bates. Now you go in there, Herschel Walker. My God, he's a freshman. My God Almighty, he's just a freshman. Look at the fives on that kid. Yes, he said all of these things <laughs> verbatim. Yeah. <laughs> um, Tim, I, I, we. So, are we going to debate today? What are we going to do? Because I, I, I don't get the um, animosity over the playoff at this point in time. Oh boy! Well, then you're not seeing the big picture. You're clearly a baseball guy. <laughs> you may be a you may be a Georgia alum, but you're not really following the the college football narrative here, Evan. What? Yeah, I'll, I'll have to. We'll, we're going to have to educate you a little bit. All right. So educate uh, me. What was wrong with the playoff? Well, first and foremost, it's way, way too uh, subjective, and you've got no diversity now on the committee. Condoleezza Rice is gone. you got a bunch of old coaches that love the way Alabama and Georgia play, and they look great in warm-ups. And you got a team that just went 13-0 and that didn't get a sniff, and you've got a conference, the American Conference, that's now won in deciding fashion against uh, teams from uh, you know Florida State and Auburn now, and the, the, the mighty SEC, the very team that beat both Alabama and the Iron Bowl, which 
clearly didn't matter that much. They only dropped four spots because of their brand name. Uh, and also beat Georgia during the regular season. And they don't even get a sniff. I mean, no one's talking about them. It's, I mean, at least in the BCS, Boise was discussed. I mean, UCF doesn't even get discussion now. They are in a pretty legitimate league. The, the, the problem we have here, and, and the end result, and listen, did the right four teams get selected? Yes. I never said that they didn't get selected. What I did say was there were going to be problems because two teams out of a mediocre to really bad SEC were in the college football playoff. And there's only four selections. And you've got five uh, commissioners of five power leagues that are part of this, and I'm going to just say it as I did with the BCS, cartel, and they're not getting uh, any of the run that they deserve with their champions. The championship criteria clearly doesn't matter, or if it does, it's only when it's convenient, meaning situational ethics are being practiced. And as a result, this listen, I've got no problem with Alabama playing Georgia in an all-SEC final, but I've got to tell you, and I believe Mr. Horn will agree with me, it's not going to get a big rating. And especially if the game is the kind of game I expect it to be, with two line-of-scrimmage teams like Alabama and Georgia, with two coaches that know each other like the back of their hands, it will be a colossal bore. I don't know that it will be as bad as the rematch in 2011, but the recipe for ending the godforsaken BCS was an SEC rematch. Well, this isn't a rematch, but it might as well be. It will feel that way, and it already does to more than half of the country. West of the Mississippi, there's not going to be a lot of interest. And up in the Big Ten, they are boiling hot over this. Well, because you know, the, really, but here's my point. The Big Ten had its heyday when it controlled college football. The Pac-12 hasn't played great college football in a long time. The, the What I don't get is you just said that did they get the four teams right? Yes, they did. Isn't that the purpose of the committee? No. Well, yeah, but the, the problem here is the game has evolved. College football, just like the teams and like the programs, evolved. And the committee now is not dealing with the same landscape in the sport that it was even four years ago. Okay? People are talking about dominant programs and blue bloods, this. and, and But I'm telling you, when, when UCF can line up and boat race Auburn, not far from Auburn's campus, in Atlanta, a place where Auburn's accustomed to playing, we've got we've got to give them some credit here. You can't just sweep that under the rug. That was that was longer. that was the most fun game, and and I'll say to watch. I was rooting. Hard. I don't have any allegiance to Central Florida, right? But yeah. to see them beat Auburn was the most fun was the most fun thing I saw. Because you root, you well, root, you root for the underdog. I am an underdog. Well, yes. not only well, and that's the other thing too here, Evan. College football has continually taken Cinderella, thrown her to the floor, and stomped on her and harassed her more than corporate America or any celebrity has harassed any one of the opposite sex in recent memory. Okay? We invite Cinderella in the NCAA basketball tournament. We champion Cinderella, and we absolutely throw dirt on Cinderella in college football. And not having that... Not having that is another problem that the sport faces. It looks as though this is an elite country club that only will allow its brand names in. 
okay? And if you're telling me that losses should matter, and how many times did we hear, well, Iowa beat, beat Ohio State by 30? Well, you know, Kinnick Stadium's not an easy place to play. Iowa's won a lot of home games against number one teams, not just this year against Ohio State, okay? Alabama got absolutely hammered in the Iron Bowl. It mattered not. They dropped all the way to five from one, okay? Other teams lose that late in the year and lose that way. They drop precipitously, okay? And, and by the way, if Ohio State had been that team this year and not Alabama, I'd say the same thing. Ohio State got in in 2014 because they used the championship, okay? The Big Ten championship mattered so much when they, when they hammered Wisconsin that they were able to jump three spots from six to three and not TCU out because of why? Well, TCU isn't Ohio State. So their situational ethics then allowed the Buckeyes to get in. But now suddenly a championship doesn't mean very much. In Alabama, who finished third in the SEC, third, okay, didn't play for the title, gets to play for the national championship, and in my opinion will win, and will probably win a boring game. I hate to throw that in on you, Evan. Yeah, I think Alabama will win the game. So it's going to get a poor rating by comparison to other games. Now, ESPN will have to spin this, and they no doubt will, because they're the rights holder to this. But they're not going to get the kind of advertising revenue off the kind of rating that they have promised their advertisers when you've got a conference game for the national championship. And the committee is hamstrung by the fact that they only have four. All I've said, and the firestorm on Twitter over what I've said, is totally out of control by a bunch of loons that believe that because I work at Fox, I suddenly hate college football and the SEC. Nothing could be further from the truth. All I, I'm saying that they're going to change this. They're going to move this to six teams minimum very, very soon. Got to remember the history here. Once the LSU-Alabama game ended in 2011, smoke-filled rooms in New Orleans, they didn't even get out of there. Bill Hancock, who wouldn't even let you say playoff, was suddenly telling us the next day, oh, the playoff is a great idea. It's the next new thing. They fire Ari Fleischer, who they hired to run a website to tell us how the playoff sunk and would be bad for intercollegiate athletics. They get rid of him. And then Mike Slab, the commissioner of the SEC, says, okay, we'll buy in and be a part of this, but you cannot say it's champions. It's got to be four best teams. If you put champions in, we're not going to do it. Well, he was smart. He knew his conference only played eight games. And he knew he had the toughest conference in America at that time, which in 2011 he really did. Well, All right, hang, hang on a second. Hang on a second, Tim. I, I want to bring I want to bring Kevin in here. I want to bring Kevin's voice in here because he's our other very passionate college football voice for a minute. What? Where, where do you stand on the state of the playoff and what needs to happen? Well, I, I agree with Tim when he says you know, the four best teams, I believe, are probably in there. But you don't know that, you know, and, and, and the problem here is in what's going to happen. And, and I think this is what Tim uh, understands uh, is that do you really think that the rest of the country, the Pac-12, the, the, the American Conference, all these other conferences, all these other places are going to be OK 
with the fact that it's an all SEC final. No, they're, and, and they're not. And so that's no. what's going to that's what's going to change it, though. They're going to say just what Tim said. This is a country club deal where you get your you get your favorites here. These old coaches sit in here. They look at the NFL talent. They look at the defensive line and the offensive line where Absolutely. all the talent is, and they say Absolutely. these are the best teams, and 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 plus they're the best coaches. They're saying the best teams and best coaches. And and look what happened in this game. You know, we, we saw Alabama did, you know, did. I didn't think there was any way that Alabama was going to beat Clemson in that game. But this is just what, what coaches can do. It, it's one thing to know that. But it's another thing to, to think that uh, we're going to open this up for everybody. Because how much fun would it have been to see if Central Florida could have done this? Yeah, what Central Florida. Florida. Here was the outcry for Central Florida before, the, before this win. The right. entire season I had them in my top ten. The entire month of yeah. November, I had them high. I had them as high as number seven uh, in my top ten poll. I put out every every, but no one else did. And on game day, on the very day that we were watching New Year's Day, no one would talk. Barry Alvarez, okay, a part of this committee until this past year, athletic director at Wisconsin, when talking about the legitimacy of Wisconsin as an undefeated team, spoke of his team and the two other teams that were in Power Fives that were undefeated totally discounted UCF as if they didn't even exist, all right? That resonated, gentlemen. It resonated big time because Barry Alvarez is a respected leader in intercollegiate athletics. I've known him forever since he was working for Coach Holtz at Notre Dame, and and I like him. I like him a lot. But that, that, that tells you, okay, how pompous, the Power Five is now with this new system, even more so than during the godforsaken BCS. Tim. And it's wrong. And, then, and by the way, what Scott Frost did for his program, and not only for his program, for Nebraska, he didn't hurt his recruiting at Nebraska by going and doing the honorable thing that he did with UCF after how many other coaches have bailed on their programs as soon as they got a big gig. What a, what a champion that young man is. Tim, I, I just want to point something out. I watched the uh, OU-Georgia game at halftime. The guys in the booth were ap- apoplectic, ecstatic over over the first half. And, you know, it's the greatest first half they'd ever seen, blah, 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 blah. Yep. And, and what did they see, Kevin? I, I, I talked to you. They watched a Big 12. Yeah, a Big 12 game. They, watched the, they were watching a Big 12 game, which everybody denigrates. Right. So, right. I, but he... he to the point of what you guys are saying, I'm not disagreeing with the idea that it would be great to have a Cinderella team have a shot. Okay, who's going to champion that when it gets down to these fa- the Power Five conferences are going to say let's, ingr- well, let's invite the Group of Five in here? They're not. Evan, Evan, let me Evan, let me help you out again. Okay, let me just help you out. Everybody thinks this is some huge deal with levels and layers of bureaucracy, and it is to some extent because presidents have to sign off on all these things too. But the five power conference commissioners run things. And I was, I was when, when you had Kevin come in, and, and I, I didn't mean to, to, to hog all the airspace, but I, I do get a little passionate about this. Uh, <laughs> really? I do. Uh, Mike Oresco, the commissioner of the American Athletic Conference, and, and I will say in, in full disclosure, a good friend of mine was the programming head of CBS for college when I was hosting the college football today uh, in the SEC on CBS. He has been just um, vigilant 
about his league being worthy of becoming part of a power six. I don't disagree. I don't know how many more times uh, the champion of his league needs to go into a New Year's Six game and pummel a power five opponent and not get any credit for it because it's been going on and on and on. And if it's not UCF this year or Houston before or Memphis before that, it's going to be, that league is putting out really good football teams. And their numbers offensively are roughly similar to that of the Big 12 and the way they play. All right? So it's not like they don't play a physical brand of football. It's just it's hard to defend week in and week out with the numbers that you have at that level, that level of football. But the thing that I'm trying to point out to you is that, and I was headed there before I got cut off, Mike slides controlled in a lot of ways whether we were going to have a college football playoff because he had the power with a league that had won seven straight national championships in succession. And he basically, along with Jim Delaney, who he's both friends and rivals with, said, okay, I'll go there, but not if the requirement is champions. It has to be best team. Well, Mike Slide is gone. Greg Sankey has taken over. And there is no denying that among the Power Five commissioners, the one that swings the most weight is Delaney. And he knows which commissioners will line up with him. And if you're wondering who those commissioners are, take a look at the schedules of Big Ten opponents and see who they play non-conference. And you will find that the Mid-American Conference and, yes, the American Conference are just thrown through Big Ten schedules, okay? All he needs is a percentage of those five, three of those five commissioners to be with him and we will see an expansion. Now, Blaney has said nothing uh, publicly about Ohio State being left out. And that was a smart move. Urban Meyer also took the high road. I think that was equally uh, an intelligent move on his part. And Urban used to chirp a lot when he was at Utah. You guys probably remember that about the BCS. Yep. So his inclination normally would be to say some things. He didn't do that. When this game, nobody's going to say anything until this game is over. But the power brokers in my opinion, and Delaney being the ringleader of that. This is all my opinion, no one else's. I think the wheels are already turning for the potential of expansion, and every three years in the contract, which lasts 12 years, so meaning after two more years after the sixth season, there's a clause in there for them to go in and immediately change something. I think this All-SEC final and how bad I think it will be received will be in par and in lockstep with what happened in 2011, particularly if the game is bad. And the timing will be right for them to expand to six. And I do think it's going to be six before it's eight. Is eight ideal? Yeah. But six is one is one that they can sell because it takes in all Power 5 teams, all Power 5 conferences can be covered, and a wild card spot could go to another team that's not a champion that either is a second team from one of the power conferences that earned it or a team like UCF if there's a group of five teams that really deserves that opportunity. So, that, that's Tim, what I believe is going to happen. Tim, do you think if there were six teams this year, UCF would have gotten a bid? I said no. Probably not. But, but I would suggest to you that what they've done is really added a great talking point to those that want to bludgeon the current flawed system, and and I'm one of those guys. You know, I, I a lot of the guys that are chirping here, uh, whether it be my, my colleague Joel Klatt or, or Danny Canal, who just you know, I don't agree with all that they have to say, but I do know they want what's best for college football. And I'm 
I've always wanted what's best for the sport. And we've just reached a point now where we need um, a more succinct system that enables us to believe that the fix isn't in. Again, let me give you a classic point. No one on this committee thought, apparently, no one thought that being the number one seed for Clemson meant they had to play basically an Alabama home game at the site where most SEC championships have been played or Sugar Bowls have been played for Alabama. Alabama, as the four seed, had to travel the least amount of time to go play in its game. Georgia, who won the SEC, had to fly all the way out to Pasadena and back, which, by the way, will impact them in preparation this week. Who's thinking there about the seeding process? What good is it to be a top seed if you're playing a four seed who's more comfortable in the building than you are and didn't have to travel as far as you did? It makes absolutely no sense. No one in that committee is thinking through a prism other than that of an old coach or administrator who will be, of course, coerced by the old coach into believing that he knows more than anybody else. See, the whole, the whole problem with the, the system as it is and, and, and being picked by a committee, um, which is not a lot, a lot better than it was in the old days when we just decided by voters, uh, is that you, you can't get everybody on board with Central Florida in one season. You know, that's just not going to happen. You know, because after this year, when Scott Frost is gone and, and you, know, you know, gone to Nebraska, uh, what, what are their chances of them coming back and doing the same thing next year? They're not going to be a perennial well, power. No, no, but, and that's what well, that, yeah. my point is that the, the problem for these, the, the Cinderella's is, is that they're Cinderella's for a reason. They're, it's a, it's a one shot deal. And if you're not going to recognize them in that year. So to, to me, what that means is, is that we have to get closer to a model where you are taking the conference champions. Right. Uh, yeah. I, I think yeah. that is. I well, at the very least, at the very least, this Kevin, the criteria, which if you read it, is so nebulous that situational ethics can come into play. Okay, they don't in any of the bylaws do they ever say this or that criteria means more than the other, and they got to fix that part of it. No, I, I, I think you need to. I think you need to address the resume criteria aspect of it. I do agree with that, and I do agree with the idea that it, what needs to be written in is at least pl- at least the idea of the co- of a champion um, mm-hmm. you either need to be yeah. you need to be your conference champion you need to win your conference championships game to be eligible to be considered by the committee the committee well the reason this, this, the, the reason this was sold by Slive and Nick Saban was out there championing it as well was the idea that the leagues that had divisions could have a division that was so much stronger than the other, and yet there could be an upset and possibly a three-loss team to get in. I mean, it was a scare tactic that was used by the SEC. Well, sure, the SEC was them. using its advocates to advocate for its 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 position. But and and yeah, I, yeah, I like yeah. you guys. I mean, I college football is my as a fan, it, 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 it's my passion, and I want the best system and. It's not that I wouldn't say that a six-team playoff would be bad. I mean, if you can get to a six-team playoff where you do guarantee the five conference champions and either, you know, what do you do with Notre Dame at that point in time? And do you force them into a conference? What, what do you do I with Notre Dame? Do. Uh, I think you do. I don't, I don't, and you do make room for a Cinderella. For the, for the American Conference not to have a seat at the table and Jack Swarbrick do have one is a joke. An absolute joke. And if I'm the commissioner of any of the other, and, that, and that, by the way, this is another part of the problem. All right, those five other leagues, 
that are part of the group of five. They signed off on this so they wouldn't have, you know, some issues uh, legally with this. And they took a, a, a lot less money than they should have for this. And, and I totally understand and agree, Evan, with what you're talking about. And ultimately, I think that uh, the UCF, so you could say, well, Kevin's point about, well, there's just not enough there in one year. But over time, we're seeing a pattern here, right. okay? When Urban was at Utah, when, when Boise State was rolling with, uh, with Coach Pete before he went to Washington, uh, now you've got uh, these teams out of the American every year, whether it was the job that um, uh, Coach Herman did at Houston before he had the injuries or this year with UCF. There's a pattern here. These teams deserve to be given their due. And I, I sat in astonishment watching people who cover the game nationally absolutely diss UCF's chances against Auburn. Well, I, I'm sorry. I watched UCF play, and I knew they had a chance to win. Of course, what's the answer from the almighty SEC fan? Well, you know, they lost. They really weren't into it. They're, right. In other words, every time you lose Alabama, Auburn, Georgia, anybody else from that league, and I live in the league, cover the league, love the league, but you can't play that we didn't give a damn card every time and have it wash. It just doesn't wash any longer. All right. That was just a little moment of, uh, of silence there. Just to... Well, there's a, there's a lot to take in. I mean, I, I think we're all on the same page that there, there certainly can be some tweaks made to the system. My perspective here is I just don't see how you can take what's taking place on the field in the playoffs and say it's broken. Are there things that you want to improve? Sure. But the Georgia-Oklahoma game was a game for the ages. It was the college football playoff game that everybody dreams of. Clemson, Clemson, you know, was the number one seed. And yes, the Sugar Bowl has always been has always been SEC territory. But Clemson went there. Alabama went down there and just absolutely hammered them and proved that they belong. And so, yes, you have another regional championship game. But FSU Auburn was a regional championship game. It may not have been a conference game, but it was a regional game. Uh, what did you yeah, have last year? You had Clemson, Ob- Alabama. So that was I, a I, regional I game. Why, why, would, why would eight teams I, – I don't even I didn't even want to discuss six teams because I think that's just a stepping right. stone to eight teams. Why right. would eight teams not be better? Well, eight eight teams would not be better. To me, the, the biggest problem I have with eight teams – I don't at this point, okay, I think college football fans get everything they can possibly get out of the game. I think coaches get everything they possibly and, and so can get. So one more out of the game. one more game would Here, ruin that? Here's here's the issue that I have. Okay? You want to go to eight games, you better find a way to get some money in the athlete's pocket. Oh. Okay? Sure. But that's, I'm not, that's a whole different issue. I'm not advocating for anything that puts those players at any more risk unless there is some compensation Towards their future. So let's, the let's, only let's, let's, let's lessen the risk. Let's just have two teams. That lessens the Evan, risk. Evan, yes, Evan, Evan, listen, we wouldn't have had full cost of attendance taken care of had it not been for moving to four teams from two. Okay, right. The situation for athletes now is better than it ever has been. And, and there's no denying that. Go to any of these campuses, see how much free food they can have anytime they want it, whenever they want it. Uh, it is better than it's ever been. That said, I do agree with you. There needs to be greater concern for player rights 
and what can be done to make the players' lives better. Um, and, I, and I think there are other ways to get that done. It all comes back down to governance, and they got to do a better job with that. But, again, my point isn't that the, the, the sport is flourishing. My sport, you know, I'm not saying it's horrible. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm saying, just as I said during the BCS era, it needs to be better. We need to make it better. Anytime some condescending non-amateur athletics uh, talking head starts talking to me about the improprieties of intercollegiate athletics, and almost always um, what comes up is, is, is to, Evan, to the point of, well, you know, everybody's getting wealthy but the players. And, and listen, it's a legitimate point. But it is better now than it's ever been. Whenever they go down that road, the next, the next sidebar column is always, well, you know what, this is, this is just another form of that guy and that, that style of life, you know, employing other people to go out and do their hard work for them, and they're living off them. I'm not going to use the word that everyone uses, but you know where I'm going with this. And I don't want intercollegiate athletics to look like that. I don't want the country club mentality, okay, of today. Or if you want to go back in time and, and raise the argument from centuries ago, say plantation. I'm not going to go there. But this country club mentality is something that we've got to get rid of. And if you don't allow greater access for those players, those kids from UCF went out every week, they started practicing the same time. They get their bell rung every bit as much as the players in the Power Five. Sure. And they go out and win every single game they play. And then they absolutely run right through a team that beat both teams that are playing in this national title game. And they don't even warrant consideration. That is wrong. That is lack of access. That is exclusionary. That is not you're not from around here, boy, so you don't, you don't need to be in our right. club. That's what that is, and I despise that. I don't want that, and that's the kind of argument that comes up that we need to get rid of quickly, and that's why I believe greater access, and, yeah, through that access, more revenue, and when it's done, it's like Dino Cook used to always say, guys, our suburb change, that's all they have to, they have, to have more money. When they need the money, Change. That's and a very good Bino. I like it. And they'll need the money, and, and they will change. So that's that's where I am. I don't think that the sport is in bad shape. I think the playoff is better, but I think we need to take it to another level. And I think that the SEC-only deal, and I do believe the Georgia-Alabama game will not be like Florida State and Auburn. It won't be half as entertaining because these teams play the same style of play. Contrast doesn't exist here. It will be a line of scrimmage game, which is code for boring, and it won't be received well. And because of that, we're going to see a change, and I think we'll move to six sooner rather than later. All right, let me ask you about something that was very exciting before we let you go, Tim, and that was the, the Oklahoma-Georgia game semifinal, a terrific game, but was decided not at the not in overtime, but in the last six seconds of the first of half. The first half, absolutely uh, on the on the squib kick that didn't work. And I, I want to ask you about that in, in in two respects. First, what why was it that we never saw the actual fielding of that squib kick? I never saw who it was that caught that ball. You, you just have the you have the pullback view of that yeah. of the ball being hit about a hundred miles an hour, and then all of a sudden it stopped, and then the next thing we know. 
uh, you, you know, uh, Georgia has the ball at midfield. Uh, why was that never showed in a replay? Yeah, you, I'm not the producer or director. I wasn't there, but I, I will tell you that they, anytime you're doing a Rose Bowl game, uh, especially coming out of breaks, that, you know, the old Keith Jackson, we're overlooking the San Gabriel Mountains on a beautiful day, the Goodyear Blimp Enterprise cascading across a beautiful blue sky. You know, all that is always taking place, and I think they got caught uh, in that moment with that kind of shot. And, and, and as a result, they didn't have what they needed, and I can't answer why they didn't have a replay of it. I can't. I thought it was a mistake, and at that point it was Lincoln Riley beginning to channel the, oh, my God, we're leading by 17, and I'm now playing not to lose as opposed to win. Right. Uh, that was the first indicator. And then if you watch the second half and the play calling in the second half, Conservative. it was even more obvious then. There were several plays towards the end of regulation, but the one that really bothered me was running an option into the short side of the field uh, with the ball and a chance to close that baby out in regulation and not even allowing the best player in the, the country to go out and, and make that play. Uh, and then, in, and then in overtime, the only time Baker Mayfield threw the ball into the end zone was when there was an offside and he had a free play and he knew it. They never called a play that enabled a wide receiver from Oklahoma or running back to get uh, into the end zone. And, and the one, when you've got only a touchdown to score and your defense in the first overtime, that's the one time Oklahoma got a stop. And you're thinking, well, that's because they know Hey, if they only get a field goal, Baker's going to take him in there, and he's going to just you know sling the ball right around and get him into the end zone again. They had nothing. It was as if Lincoln Riley started and continued to coach not to lose from the moment the squib kick happened, and it got a little bit worse as the game went on. Look, I like Lincoln. Uh, I was happy when he got the job. I think he's one of the most innovative coaches out there. But he went from – his roots of being a Mike Leach guy to, oh, my God, I'm a head coach now. And this is like, oh, my God. Uh, and and he, he started thinking about what Stoops might have been saying to him when he was a coordinator. Okay? And and that's what happened to him. And he, he just didn't keep the pedal to the metal. Oklahoma fans, I'm sure, are not going to get over this one for quite some time. I know Spencer, my buddy Spencer Tillman's having a real hard time getting over it because they knew – they had uh, the team to win that game. Give Georgia a lot of credit. You know, their defense was stout, and Evan, uh, those running backs are incredible. And Jake Brom, my gosh, what an incredible performance by that freshman. Oklahoma's selling out for the run. They're bringing everybody into the box. And that kid made pass after pass. It was uh, very impressive. But, but I thought Lincoln Riley, in his first year as a head coach, probably the only time he looked like a first-year head coach, was from the point of that squib kick through the rest of the game. Don't worry, Tim. Don't, don't worry, Tim. Yeah. Mike Stoops will take the blame for for, for the game, and uh, I'm sure he will. Else. Yeah, but we're, sure we're, we're gonna we're gonna let Lincoln you. Lincoln struggled, I thought. We're, we're gonna let struggled. you run because we know you have to be at a uh, Notre Dame practice, I believe, in a couple of minutes. But it's basketball, not yeah. football. And we like. Yeah. I just next time we have you on, can you please come with some opinions? You know, <laughs> this this vanilla this vanilla Brando won't work. It won't work anymore. Vanilla so, Brando. Vanilla Brando. So, anyway, for Evan Grant, who is, who is, who is uh, I think he's a in little a coma. In a coma because we didn't talk enough about Evan, Georgia. Evan, are we two friends? Are we okay? 
Uh, oh, Tim, we're, you know me. You and I are great. I, I, I think we're both passionate about this. It's a great conversation. Um, I, uh, I, I just feel like I feel a little bit like a great, great football game has been swept under the rug a little bit in the national I know. discussion. I hear you. I do. I understand that. So, all right, we will let you run. Thanks so much for joining us this week, and we will speak to you soon. Thanks, Tim. You got it, fellas. My, my pleasure, fellas. Bye, Tim. Be, be well. Take you know, care. You just say hello to Tim, and you got to be prepared for him to have an opinion on, on on something. He's got he's got opinions, and he's got he's passionate, and he makes good points. I just feel like, I mean, if you're a college football fan, I, I don't see how you can look at these two games and say the semifinal games. Yeah, and say. Something was wrong. No, I, I I completely get the idea of hey let's let's create a sixth a, a sixth slot that a a team that does go undefeated from a from a non uh, power, five. power five conference can have a shot. I do agree that you should you know I mean again here's Georgia now they're playing for the national championship they will be playing a team that had an extra week of rest mm-hmm. in Alabama. Okay. Let, um, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Between the three of us, let's take a poll. Who is looking forward to the championship, the Alabama-Georgia game? Well, well I am. He is because he he's is. a Georgia fan. He is. I'm not. Are you? Not as much. No, I would have loved to have seen Oklahoma in that game. Just, it, and I'm not a Sooner and, fan. And here's, here's the thing is that uh, – Sorry, I'm, uh, I'm sorry. Here's I'll the thing. Lunch. I think there would be less complaints or fewer complaints if it were not an all-SEC final. And no one yes. expected that. I think what we all expected was that one of them was gonna, obviously going to make it. But uh, – or, or not mm, obviously, but one of them was going to make it. I don't know. But I, if, if it had been Clemson and Oklahoma – or Clemson and uh, no, I, and but Georgia. I do think I do think a I lot think of the blowback. Okay. I do think a lot of the blowback is the anti-SEC by uh, sentiment that, that is around the country, um, and the fact that the SEC is not very good this year. No, it's not very good. But here's the deal: come bowl time, do you want your conference to be good from top to bottom, or do you want it to be no, top no, no. heavy? I, I absolutely. When people make that argument top about heavy. that, that's a stupid argument. Yeah, I mean, the, the, I, the deal is you want your be, you want your best teams to be great. I don't care about Kentucky, yes, you know, being right. seven and six that's, and then losing, exactly right. you know, in, 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 in a bowl game. I, right. I, so I Northwestern, the Northwestern Wildcats. The Northwestern, yeah. My alma mater. Yeah. <laughs> I love your alma mater. I still many. think you've got, you know, and – and for me, and I, I said this, I said this previously. I, I said this in other in, in other arenas. I thought that the Georgia Oklahoma game was going to be what amounted to the national championship because I thought that was the best matchup of the entire playoffs. Yeah, uh, and, and it was a it was a great game. And I, I, you know, you put together the Rose Bowl venue, which I think we all agree is the best venue for a college football game in America. Yeah. Um, you put you you put those two teams that have never you know they're they're top ten programs nationally you know in terms of history and all of that and they had never played you put that that explosive explosive offense that Baker Mayfield the best player in college football this year has with those two running backs that Georgia can run in and out it had all the makings for a great game and you got that and I just feel like we're instead of talking about one of the all time great college football games. We in the national environment, in the national arena, have spent the last three days 
talking about Evan. How long have you been a sports writer? I I, I, I get it, Barry, but no, I, I, I do feel like this is this is what we this do. Is, this but, is part but the, of the problem. We talk about what's wrong and not what's right. But the fortunate thing for you was as you sent this tweet out after the game, you said, "Now listen, I like some uh, perspective on this uh, on the Texas USC." The difference was you just said it. It was not a championship game. Correct. You know, it's a semifinal game. So there there are, there are thousands. But you of, were at of, the Texas USC. Yes. Game, right. Okay. So. That was an incredibly dramatic finish. Yes. And, and and the two players with Vince Young and Matt Leinart and, right. and, and the Reggie running Bush, backs. Reggie Bush. Reggie Bush. That, that, there, there was a huge star power there. Yeah. Now, was that game from start to finish as dramatic? Uh, you know, no. There were moments in that game. It's like all games. You, if, if the ending's great, it, 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 you know, then you'd blow off all the right. rest of the game. You it's, know, it, it's, it, it's, had it, it had it. And it was an balls. ending of a, – it was a football ending. I, I, I just – I don't want to get into another argument here. But the overtimes have got it. The way they play the overtimes. Yeah, I hate overtime. Somebody made this point, and maybe it was Tim. Mm. Did he make this point? They said that you got to back it. Not Tim Bradley, but Tim Callishaw. Back him up to the forty. That that starting at the twenty-five. That's well, too close. But the, the game because you, the extra, you're almost extra, guaranteeing extra, a field goal. Extra yeah. innings in baseball resemble the the nine innings yes. of the game. I agree. I, I, but and, you, and that's what it's got to be. I you I, I ask you this. You look at the you look at overtime in the NFL. Versus overtime in college football, which is a more exciting product. Yeah, but how about if, yes? But if you have overtime, because I, I agree, it's, it's, I an, agree artific- your, it's an artificial excitement. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I agree with your concept. I it, agree it, with your it's concept. It's like it's like the NHL with shootouts. I hate those. Yes. Right. Those are ridiculous. But it's still it's, it's at that point it becomes for the fans and it's it's, it's well the reason they, the well the reason they're doing it supposedly is they're trying to preserve the players. You know that's, right. that's a, so it's they not don't that, care about the players. I, I, I agree. News flash. I think flash. But yeah, I, don't, I, don't I agree with but you. I, I don't mean, even in this overtime even in this overtime period. And I, I get what you're saying about the concept. Mm-hmm. I mean, from from my perspective, and again, I'm I'm sitting here from a fan base point of view, but there was a tremendous play by by Lorenzo Carter to to block that kick Absolutely. by a kicker who was automatic. Right. And then you had yes, everybody expected Georgia to kick the field goal, but you had Michelle take the the snap from on you know from the wild dog and run it in and decisively right. end that game. So I mean I don't feel like the the overtime. There was an artificiality toward, to to the way that game you won because your team you were rooting for won. well, but 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 going back to my point was the the reason why you had this argument, Evan. If this had been the final game, no one would have been arguing about Correct. it. That's a championship game, and everybody's right. great with it. Uh, you know, it, it still doesn't match. The, the reason it doesn't match Texas USC is because Texas USC lived up to hype. There was no. There was a championship game that lived up to hype, uh, and there there was not. That was not the case. In, it was everybody expected a good game with Georgia Oklahoma, but people were not saying that one of these teams. It might be the greatest team ever. Right. There, there was know. not the same height. And, and, and the greatest team ever lost. You know, it, it goes back to that argument that uh, – uh, Barry, you okay? Barry's, Barry's signing off. He's I'm, taking I'm off packing his... up. i got to go to lunch, gentlemen. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you two guys – He's I, leaving. I, I, you know, I, the look, you, you, I, all the points that I made, okay, about yeah. everything that was great about the Georgia-Oklahoma game, I, I just defeated my own argument. By then you take all those aspects and you say all that took place – and it was for the national championship. So yeah, I I, yeah. I get that point. Right. I get that point. I just from from uh, as a fan, oh, it was a, the best no, football a, game I've a, ever it's watched. It's a fun game to watch. It's a, it was fun because what you want in a game. Now the, the Texas USC game, it did have its rises and falls. You were you were having one team's up, and you think, oh, right. this team's going to put them on put their you know right. foot on their necks, and then the other team comes up. So right. the, and that's what you want in a game, right. and that's what this game certainly had in the first half. There's no way you would think, oh my gosh. 
even when they even when they got the field goal with six you know in the final six seconds, you I'm just thinking, thought that put them in the game. That's all it did. Yeah, yeah. I'm not convinced no, it was going to change. I, you still because I I, I, I thought you know, they were in I, trouble. I, I, I thought tweeted. Oklahoma was legitimately in trouble. In trouble. No. Yes. No. I you couldn't think they were in trouble. I did. I you you what you I just t- come to my house and watch the game. What I, I tweeted. When I turned to everybody and I said Oklahoma's in trouble. What I tweeted at halftime was. Okay, now you still have to go out and stop Oklahoma, right. which you haven't done. Right. Okay, and I thought there was a real challenge based on on what Mayfield had showed in the first half. Right. I do think that that what Kirby Smart hasn't gotten enough credit. I do think he's a good halftime adjustment coach. Somebody made the right adjustment. Yeah, somebody did. Somebody did a fabulous job. What they did was they found a way. Well, two things. I think they found a way to get Roquan Smith much more involved in the defense. He was taken out an awful lot in the first half. I thought the conservative part of Oklahoma that showed up was they had a great mismatch with the tight end, with Andrews, right? Yeah, he's true. And he just completely disappeared in the second half. It's hard to tell when you're not watching an all-22, you know, to tell where is he on the field, what's going on, you know. Because I I agree. Because that was one of the things I said in my prediction was that I felt that that Oklahoma had, as long as as Baker was healthy, they had just too much for for them. They got got the best tight end in football. They got the best quarterback in football. They got one of the best running games in football. That's just too much. You can't cover all of that. So I don't know what they were doing, but you're right. They they could not get the ball to Andrews. And and I've seen Andrews personally wreck some teams this year. I I just thought, you know. I mean, in the first half, he looked like such a complete mismatch, and I was like, there's no defense for that. Right. And then you back it up with Mayfield – being able to extend plays, and so they're not able to really get any pressure on him. And Anderson was just chewing. They were they were controlling the line of scrimmage. So I, and it seemed like they were trying to force the ball to Lamb, and I really wasn't sure why that was. Right. They, at one point, they went to him like three consecutive plays, and and he dropped it was, it was one or two. Of them. It was the Dez theory of uh, well, it's it kind of like I mean, he's a terrific player. Don't get me wrong; he, he's just a freshman though, and that's a that's a big right. role to put him. I'm going to leave. Also, you, I want to leave you with this because I have to go. But I just want to say I gained. More respect for the Iowa State team watching that first half than anything. Because they oh, held, yeah, because yeah. They because held they Oklahoma. Yeah, yeah. No the, the thing that I will say, I, I and I just I was left to just basically say this is nothing but pure brilliance. Was on the reverse when Lamb then threw the ball back to Mayfield, to Mayfield in the yeah. three, at the three yard line. I was like, there's just no at this point. There's no there are no answers for what Oklahoma has. On and then they so, stopped doing that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, I, and you know, here's the bad thing about that: you can say all you want to going forward. Well, they'll learn from this. Are you going to get yourself back to this position? No, really? Is Baker Mayfield going to be there right. next year? You know, well, and I, a bunch of my buddies in Atlanta were all talking about before b- before the SEC championship even. Oh well, Kirby's going to have a huge recruiting class. Da, 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 da. You get to this point, you got to win. Hard to win championships. You got to win. Okay, and you've got to make the most of yes. it. I still feel like, I still feel like this as a from a fan base and having. Having watched that 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 Texas uh, Cardinals game six of the World Series, uh, having watched game six of the of the two thousand and of the nineteen ninety one World Series, that listen, you get to the ultimate moment in sports, and it is a coin flip. It is it is an absolute nothing but just toss the the coin in the air and see where it lands. And as a fan, all you can ask for is to get and wring every possible emotion out of the season that you can. And that's where I think these two fan bases are right now. That's all you can ask for in a podcast, too, let me just say. Oh, my God. Oh, we, we, Barry we is so hungry. <laughs> but Barry, let's put the microphone down by your belly so we can hear the, the no, grumblings we, inside. We, we've, we've had a great podcasting day. We've Who had, do we have we, on? We had John Daniels on. 
We had David. that was a long time ago. <laughs> that was yesterday. I think. <laughs> we had David Moore on no, talking. John Daniels John Daniels Daniels. And I think I thought we, I thought Kevin and I and you, we all, we we all asked some frank questions about where this team is right now. Yeah. And I thought, I thought John did his best to try and. Explain you think he revealed where, too much to us when he when he? No, he I, I think tip? they were they were frank, honest questions about where this team is and what it's what it's most. Uh, realistic hopes are, and I think he was he was pretty honest about that. I think I what, thought, what Ranger fans can take from that is that he's not done. He's not done. Maybe. He's not done. He's not. I done. thought David Moore was very honest and 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 frank in his assessment, yeah. and I thought you were too on where this Cowboys team is and where Des Bryant is. Um, and I think you know, obviously, we had a great and passionate discussion with with a lot of voices with Tim with Tim Brando. Most of that was a lecture. <laughs> <laughs> Tim, Tim, Tim is passionate. <laughs> Let me just tell you something. I, I can't imagine him being more passionate on any subject. No, he, he's really if into he it. Is, it, it he's, he, he's really into it. And, I think and I, he, right now he's talking to the guy from room service. He is. He's, he's talking to <laughs> or the cab driver. All right. Well, we've kept everybody too long. This has been a great start to the year. Hope you guys will follow us along all year. Thank you for on listening. Twitter. Well, where do they have to follow us on? What's, what's, iTunes. What, iTunes. That's Barry, the key. It's all embedded in the recordings that yeah. will bookend this broadcast. Well, I, I, I just know I get paid an a, a extra couple of dollars every time I mention the word iTunes. Okay. By who? Apple? I'm not saying. Okay. All right. Goodbye, everybody. We'll see you next Thanks week. Thanks for listening to our College Ballsy Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe via iTunes. You'll get new episodes every week. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, sports fans, see you.